And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. From Envision Financial, Luke Smith, good afternoon. How are we? We good? We're super good. It's a Friday. We That's love it. Fridays. Fridays are our favourite day of the week. Friday has all the thrill of anticipation, none of the disappointment of reality. Because exactly. you'll wake up tomorrow morning and you realise, oh no, I've got to do all these chores. Well, I don't know. You know, I, I wake up and think I'll just have a night, you know, a sleep in, and I'm getting poked in the eye. Daddy, no. g- give me a bottle. Exactly. Well, these things happen, you mm. know. Uh, we're here to talk about uh, all things financial, but particularly today, uh, it's uh, very much uh, almost the end of May today, which means we're only a month mm. away from yeah. the end of the financial year. So now is the time to start thinking about all of the implications of the end of the financial year. Yep. And one of the things we're talking about today is should I or should I not make a contribution, an extra contribution to my superannuation before June? Are there mm. tax benefits to that? Are there other reasons mm. why we might want to do that? So, Luke, yeah. should it's, we? It's 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 very topical. And I thought we'll do this a month out because everybody will be thinking about getting ready. I know, a it. month from now it'll be too late. <laughs> well... Yeah, the problem is too many people think about it on the 28th of June and need to keep in mind that whilst this is a strategy that you can take advantage of, the money must be cleared in the fund before the 30th of June. So I'd, I'd preface this by saying check with your provider and see when they are going to shut their contribution window because whilst we say, oh, we've got till the 30th of June, a lot of funds shut early because of the increase uh, and the influx of work that they need to do to be able to process stuff by the 30th of June. So check with your, your relevant provider and make sure that mm. you meet a deadline that they may set because it may not be the same across all funds. And it's less of a problem than it used to be, but also don't forget that sometimes it takes a day or two for funds to transfer from one place to another. Look, exactly. And, and if we go back a couple of years, we had a, a succession of 30 Junes on the weekend um, and making a payment on Friday, which a lot of employ- employers seem to do, um, leading into the end of the financial year, for only for it to land on Monday, the 1st of July. Um, there's generally tears there because people have missed out on distributions. Um, so when people are sitting around thinking, well, what do I do? I'd, I'd say, look, get in and see your accountant, be proactive, go to your trusted advisor, whoever that may be, and sit down and say, well, do I need to? I don't like it when people make the assumption that they must Right. Because if you've got limited taxable income because you've got a pension from superannuation, you're working part-time, and your taxable income isn't a significant sum, throwing $25,000 into superannuation just because you want to isn't always going to be the best tax outcome for you because you may pay more tax making the contribution than you would have if you'd received the money as wages. So understand your taxable position. And understand where the money's going to come from. There are a range of places that people could actually access funds from. The big one is is an offset account against the house or a redraw facility where you put your money into the the offset account during the year, you build up a nice big buffer and you can then reach into that and, and use that money to make a contribution to super. And anything that you direct to superannuation is 100% tax deductible up to the legislated threshold of $25,000 for this year and $27,500 for next year. They're going to increase that from the 1st of July, so there's a little kicker there and a little bit more room to get a few extra dollars into superannuation in the new financial year. So use the offset account, use money in the bank, maybe an inheritance. Possibly you could look to start a pension if you're in a defined benefit scheme. So if the listeners out there have CSS and PSS, 
check in with the fund and see what your concessional cap space is. That's the amount or the difference between 25000 and what's recorded with your respective fund. And the defined benefit schemes like CSS and PSS, DFRDB and MSBS, if that's not a mouthful Alphabet of Alphabet soup, yes. Exactly. Um, there's, there's a recorded amount on the website and you can log in and see that so you know exactly how much you can put in. Now, you can't put the money into those funds because they don't take that type of contribution. So remember that you're going to need to open another fund. So allow some time to do that depending on where you choose to go. Get that money in. And the other thing that people can think about doing is starting a pension. If you don't have any money in your offset account, and let's say you're over your preservation age, so you're 62, you're working full-time, you've got accumulated superannuation, and you have the option of starting a transition to retirement pension. So let's say, for example, I have $500,000 in my super account, I'm 62, I'm working full-time, but I haven't maxed out my contributions. What somebody in that situation could do is start a transition to retirement pension, take 5% of their balance or $25,000 on half a million and use that money to put straight back into superannuation in another fund and claim that money going back into super. So you've you've funded it out of a pension tax-free, you've taken that $25,000 you have withdrawn, you've put it straight back into another fund and then you've told the fund that you want to claim a tax deduction. So it, it, That's a little bit of magic, I know. Well, it's, it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors, but it's good smoke and mirrors because most people love a tax deduction. Yes, and perfectly above board and completely yeah. compliant with the well, rules, which is the important part. There we go. And it, I think that's that's from a strategic standpoint, mm. that's where I, I, I want people to think about it now because doing these sorts of things on the 20th of June, you're just not going to have the time from an admin perspective to facilitate it. Yeah. And then people get upset and miss out and wish they'd done it sooner. Now, at the moment, obviously, interest rates are very, very low. Is mm. there ever a good reason to borrow money in order to make a contribution to your super, or is that, well, a, is that a step too far? Well, you, you can, but then you need to check and see the, the viability of the deduction where you borrow to put money into super. My understanding is that it's generally not deductible. However, I'm not an accountant, so check with your trusted advisor. But I think that analogy or the, the example you've given there is fantastic because if we, if we work through the mechanics – Let's say I get $15,000 of superannuation from my employer. I've got $10,000 of cap space. I go to my offset account. I pull that out of my home loan. I'm paying 2.5% interest on $10,000. If my salary is 100, let's say it's 100, 120,000, I put $10,000 into super. I'm saving the difference between 39% tax or 15% tax. So I'm 24% better off. Yeah. So I've saved $2,400 in tax, $10,000 at 2.5%. I think you're light years in front. So yep. that that math works for me. Yes. Um, and that's why I'm pro-offset account and, and filling up the offset account during the year so that you've got these these levers to pull to be able to maximise your position leading into 30 June. Yeah, so that's an example of, uh, you know, in technical terms, actually borrowing the money to put in. Yeah. Uh, but it's the mechanism of how you borrow it that actually makes it worthwhile because it's a really Correct. low interest rate. Yep, that's right. And it's finding that arbitrage between what's yeah. my marginal tax rate, what's my super fund tax rate. Now, if you're a big leaguer and you're earning a couple of hundred thousand dollars, then you're going to pay some additional tax yeah. because the ATO have, have instilled penalty tax, let's call it, um, for people on higher income. So you may end up paying 30%, but that's still better than 49 depending on your broader income position. So I, I always 
you know, preface anything by saying, just see if it's right for you. Don't just make the assumption that it's good. It's great that you do it. And if you want to add to superannuation, then think about maybe making a non-concessional contribution, which, you know, leading into 30 June, should I make one? Not just deductible, but non-deductible. So let's say, for example, you sold your home and you've got six or $700,000 lying around. You could potentially use the downsizer legislation, okay, where you're over 65 at the time of sale. You've got 90 days from settlement to put proceeds from your family home into superannuation. You could also make a non-concessional contribution of up to $300,000 in one go. So there are two other ways that you can get money in because you may want to retire later in the year, maximise the value of your super, or think about this as a little sneaky one. Well, there's nothing sneaky about it. <laughs> we, we know that the maximum amount of money you can put into super and not claim a deduction mm-hmm. is $100,000. Right. You could also go and say, well, I can throw 300000 in in one go. Given we're a month away from the end of the financial year, why not consider staggering the contributions? What I mean is... Put $100,000 into superannuation before June. We've met our annual limit. 1st of July resets our annual limit. Now we've got 300000 Well, we'll have $330,000 because the threshold's going to increase slightly. You could get $430,000 into superannuation on a tax-free basis. Over the course of two months. Over the course of two months. Retire later in the year and you know that everything that comes out of there over the age of 60 is going to be tax-free. And with that type of contribution, you could be under 60 and still take money out on a tax-free basis, um, which is a little strategy we spoke about in another episode. So don't just think about deductible. Think about non-deductible and accumulating assets in a structure that could potentially be tax-free in the not-too-distant future, depending on how old you are and and what your broader position needs in relation to income and, and funding lifestyle. When we talk about the 30th of June, obviously the thing that we think of straight away is income tax, Mm. but are there other taxes that might also uh, be affected by what your choices are now between uh, now and the end of the financial year? If you want to make a contribution, does it impact on other things like capital gains taxes or some other? And and that's something people need to think about. So, you know, if you're going to liquidate assets to make a contribution, consider the broader capital gains tax position, or if you've sold an asset in the year let's say you sold an investment property because property prices are crazy you wanted to cash in and you've got a potential capital gain that's looming that's going to need to be paid i'd be looking and saying all right mr accountant what am i up for in relation to my tax then i'd be going back to the 18 19 financial year and i'd check and see if i'd maxed out my contributions in those years to twenty five thousand. right because what you could do in that scenario from a strategy perspective is take the unused space up to 25000 preface that by saying you've got super of less than $500,000 to do this. Yes. And that's the carried forward concessional rules that we spoke about in another show. Add up all of the space that you have and then make a, a large contribution in this financial year because you've sold a property and increasing your deductions could help offset some of the capital gains tax incurred on the sale of a property or some Bitcoin or whatever it is you may you know, have a dabble in. I'm glad, um, I'm glad you mentioned the Bitcoin because that's really been in the news a lot lately. And no, I, I, I don't yeah. know how many of your clients have, <laughs> have tried their hand at Bitcoin, but uh, it's been a wild ride with mm. uh, prices going up again last time I looked. Yeah, I've got some winners, I've got some losers, and yeah, it's, it's, I, I stay out of it myself from, but, a, from a professional standpoint. For sure. It's, it's uh, definitely something that people can be thinking about. Yeah, but the, the important uh, point to note is that uh, the ATO has made it quite clear they are taking a 
a close look at people's profits and losses on on things like Bitcoin this year. Oh, look, I think it's it's I treat it as a, as a tradable asset. Yep. You know, thinking you're going to get away with that because it's up in a cloud somewhere. Mm. Well, you know, there's there's some pretty specific rulings that that they run by, and you know, again, trusted advisor, maximise your contributions. Also, think about you know locking in some losses. You know, if you've bought um, something at a very high price and, and and it may have come under pressure. If you've bought a bank stock, for example, and it's still trading under its face value, think about maybe selling those assets, locking that loss in, using the money from the proceeds to make a contribution to super and then look to buy the asset back inside a super fund, which may be tax advantaged in the future. So there are a range of things that people can think about. And again, it's always about saying, what do I need? What's my broader strategy and my timeline to do things? And then how do I make the most of the resources that I have across the various structures that you may be operating? Mm. Now, you've mentioned a couple of options already, but are there any other ways people can source the funds they might need to make a contribution if they haven't just suddenly received a, I don't know, a large end of financial year bonus from their employer? Yeah, well, again, that's that's another one to check, right? If you know a bonus is coming, have a word to your employer and say, look, can I have some of this directed to super? A lot of employers are quite happy to do that up to the the $25,000 limit. Um, So again, get on the front foot. If you know that you've got a bono coming, see if you can have it paid prior to 30 June and have it directed to super so that you can limit the tax paid on that. Um, Offset account, as we said before, redraw facility, take the money out against the house. Um, If you've got an investment account, uh, such as a trading account, you may want to draw out of that. Uh, You could potentially use uh, pension payments, as, as we touched on. So that's a good funding mechanism. You've got inheritances, you've got family money, you've got cash in the bank, you've got the sale proceeds from a property. Um, all of those sorts of things are good ways to fund what you need to do, but you also need to keep in mind the implications. If you are going to borrow that money, do you have the cash flow to pay it back? Because the last thing you want to do is take ten or $15,000 out of your home loan put it into superannuation, know that you can't get it for a number of years potentially and then not have the ability to save to pay it off. So you need to do things in a controlled manner, um, but there are a number of, of levers there, as I've touched on, to be able to do that sort of stuff. Um, if all else fails, the bank of mum and dad's a pretty good <laughs> Um The bank of mum and dad have funded a number of properties at the moment, as I understand it. As well, the that is apparently the case. But usually, <laughs> usually, you know, when we're talking about uh, our superannuation and we're talking about being close to retirement, it's probably a bit late in the piece to be talking about the <laughs> bank of mum and dad, isn't it? Well, I think it's like kids moving out. They just seem to loop <laughs> back around and it, it never seems to end. Well, there is that, of course. <laughs> so, Luke, what are the key strategy tips that people need to keep in mind about making contributions yeah so if i had a list in front of me and let's just say that i did um that's ironic <laughs> i'd be considering your cap space so looking back and saying do i have any unused cap space which is the difference between what you put into super and the twenty five thousand dollar limit from the 18 19 year onwards if you've got less than five hundred thousand, think about that consider your non-concessional contributions let's say you've sold a property and you've got a ton of, of money floating around, you might want to say, well, I'll put 100000 in before June and I'll put $330,000 in after the 1st of July. 
that's a good way to get a lot of money in as opposed to just racing out and throwing 300 in this year. So stagger your contributions and also check and see your total superannuation limits because once you start getting up around 1.6 million, you may or may not be able to make a contribution. And if you're very close to it, there's a there's a set amount that you can put in. So just check and don't assume that 300 is, is right for you. Be across your, your total superposition. Um, think about the sale of assets. If you've realised the capital gain in this financial year, look to try and maximise your deductions to try and offset some of that potential tax liability. Uh, you could use some of the sale proceeds. Th- remember that pension options are also there. If you've already got an account-based pension, you can make your annual minimum under the legislation and use that to fund a contribution straight back in, as silly as it sounds. If you're still working and you haven't met a condition of release, as we said before the ad break, you could use the transition to retirement legislation and take out up to a maximum of 10% of your account balance, which could be a good way to fund your top up or whatever you want to put in in relation to your situation. I will make this comment, and, and, and this is really important. If you're going to use your own money to put money into super, you must tell the fund that you want to claim a tax deduction. Just putting the money in is not enough. You need to complete what's called a notice of intent, and that's a, a, a a document that you can download from your respective fund's website or from the ATO website. And what you're declaring there to the fund is, hey, Mr. Superfund, I've put $10,000 of my own money in and I want to claim $10,000 of that money as a tax deduction. So you need to lodge that form with the fund that you use or you'll miss out on the tax deduction. It's a different requirement to those that salary sacrifice through their employer because the employer takes care of that side of it. Right. If you're using your own money, make sure you lodge a notice of intent with the fund and you get an acknowledgement back from the fund to say, hey, thank you, Billy, we've received your contribution and, Billy, we're going to treat it as a deductible contribution and then the super fund's tax return and your tax return meet up in ATO heaven and <laughs> you get your tax return completed and you get your deduction. So be that, mindful of that. You've got to do a little bit more than just throw the money in. That seems to me to be a fairly fundamentally important piece of advice. That, that, <laughs> is, that is the most important thing that we'll talk about today. Do not forget your paperwork. So, you know, get in front of it, get it done early. And remember, cleared funds before 30 June. Don't be doing this late in the month because your fund may close even though you haven't reached the end of the financial year. So check with your provider. Check, 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 check. You can't plan ahead if you leave it too late. Well, if you're early, you're never late, right? Exactly. So, don't yeah. you love our little cliches? Don't be, don't be that person. Okay. <laughs> Luke, where can listeners get more information? Yeah, so 6260-4749. Um, give us a ring, make an appointment, come in. We've got some spots left in August. Uh, envisionfinancial.com.au on the internet. We've got the Knowledge Centre there and a raft of digital material for the, for the nerds to read through. Um, we've got the podcast, The Strategy Stacker, Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify. And you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, Envision Financial Canberra, where we've got the show, the key takeouts. You can watch it. You don't have to read anything. Um, and, and take it, pause it, and you know, make the most of the, the next four weeks to try and get your, uh, your tax affairs in order. Fantastic stuff. So uh, that's what you need to do. Check out all of those avenues. Luke Smith, thanks very much for dropping in today. We'll see you next Friday. Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Back again next Friday afternoon at the same time to talk some finance some more.